welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joel What's up, y'all? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob, and with me, I got Kevin and Kay. And today, we got a really good episode. And the reason why is because since our last pod, the Heat have not lost the game, y'all. We finally did it. We finally entered a pod without witnessing a single loss heading into an episode. I'm so happy right now. You know, hopefully we can have more episodes that are like this because I'm feeling mad about it right now. Like, and I know some of y'all been like, we've been a little too negative with a couple of these episodes. But today we won't try to keep it on low because this is a very good episode where we just do not have to talk about no losses or nothing. We're just here to talk about the heat and all the things that they've done well throughout these past couple episodes. I mean, throughout these past couple games, while also taking a look at maybe some things they could improve on, depending on what you guys feel needs to be talked about. But overall, in case y'all missed it, last night the Heat did play the Suns, and man, it was a fun game. You know, I was kind of getting worried for a second. I know we all were when the Heat was down by 11. I think it was like, what, 189, 88 or something during the fourth quarter. And I was like, man, it's going to be one of those games again. And what didn't make it easier for me to watch that was the fact that you had Dwayne Washington, of all people, cooking us. Like, Eric Reed literally said in the middle of the broadcast that this man only played 16, not, I think like, what, 17 minutes the whole season? And this man came in last night and had like 20-something points on us. You know, I am I did not even expect him of all people to be the random scrub heat killer. And even though he was, I'm just so glad we were still able to get the win anyways. But it was just a crazy game. Like another thing that dr- made me crazy was the fact that this man, Dwayne Dedman, had back-to-back threes. Like this man was looking like he could be one of the Splash Brothers, the way how he was cooking up. Like, the game was just wild overall. And then you had this man, Bam Adebayo, be like freaking Superman in that fourth quarter. And I know y'all been seeing that stat where it shows that Bam be showing up in that fourth quarter for the Heat. Like, right when they need him, he comes up and does his thing. And, man, did he do it yesterday. I was getting hyped as hell. And then the cherry on top was that Jimmy Butler block on Devin Booker to close the game out for Miami. Like, overall, I don't know how you can call yourself a Heat fan and not have goosebumps after watching this game last night because I was feeling it. I was ecstatic, and that honestly gave me life after what's honestly been a lackluster start of the season. So I'm just feeling good right now. So I just want to know what's on y'all's minds, and are y'all also feeling lit like me? Like, we'll start off with you, Kevin. Yeah, man, it was an all-around team win. Hell of a game. Um, damn near felt like a playoff game with the, with the intensity that came with it. Um, everybody produced. Like, we all know Bam did his thing in the fourth quarter. That's all I ever asked from Bam, bro. Just give me one to two performances like that a month, bro. Like, I don't think that's too crazy or too much to ask for. I know what he does. I know the value he brings to this team. But if he can just do that, and it doesn't have to really be in the fourth quarter. It's just got to be consistent throughout the course of the game. So, I love what I saw for the most part. We were knocking down shots. 
Um, we gave up a lot of rebounds, which is still going to be a problem, but somehow we managed to figure it out. And like I said a couple episodes ago, bro, it just it comes down to the defense because we control our defense. You can control your defense way more than you can control your offense, and that's been the biggest key um, so far. I know a lot of people aren't going to want to want to hear me say this, but being a fan of just college basketball, I was happy to see Dwayne Washington do his thing, man. I'm not going to lie. Like, this is a dude when the Pacers got him up out of there, I thought he was going to be out the league. And he found himself a little home in Phoenix. You know, they've had some injuries. So I know it sucks for Heat fans that he was doing that. But, again, man, we got the win. Jimmy did it exactly what he does in crunch time against D-Book with that big-time block and stop. And, again, it's all-around good team effort. And we back at 500. We just got to build on it from here. Amen. And how about you, K? Oh, man, y'all said so many good things, man. Um, And, and you, already, you, you, know, you already know how I rock. Um, I have a lot to say at all times, so I'm going to try to condense it. I'm not going to hit on the things I already said or things we're inevitably going to get to, but I'll just speak on it um, for me. You mentioned it, um, Kev, Dwayne Washington. Um, this man went five of eight for three, um, 21 points. He went nuts. Um, and I actually think that validates the win even further without Chris Paul because you're going to have people try to say that. But how many times with Chris Paul and Dwayne Washington going to have the opportunity to come in and give you 21 big points, and especially in the manner in which he did with the Heat, could have very well ran off with it because if he doesn't give you those points that aren't usually there, but the Heat are still able to do what they do, then that's a gap, not an even game pretty much going into halftime. So respect to him for that. But I think that kind of helps us and validates the win too. Um, you also look at um, the fact that you had – a situation where you needed other guys to step up. Um, shout out to Dwayne Demick because that period in the third quarter where he hit them two threes and played key defense, gave the energy that he gives all the time. It just, you know, because when you play that way, sometimes the ref is not going to deliver the whistle in your favor. And we have to accept that because you want a guy to play balls to the wall, especially reserve, especially a big. So shout out to him, able to knock down those two threes, momentum shifters, momentum maintainers, um, stagnancy breakers for us and a huge time in the game. And you also look at the Duncan Robinson, Max Struess effect. Um, and I've been long been a proponent of this and all offseason long, you've heard people say trade Duncan Robinson. Um, when you look at Max Struess and Duncan Robinson, Max Struess has more opportunity. So here has been in a higher bigger impact, higher output, you know what I mean, particulars when it comes to what the box store says. But basically what it has come down to for the Miami Heat in their wins this year is one of those guys is showing up big for us in all of our wins. It's either Max Struess doing his thing or is Duncan Robinson doing his thing. And if you go back and look at the numbers, the numbers prove it. There are games where Max Struess go for 20, 25, 30. But then there are games where Duncan Robinson have a 10-point fourth quarter or make a couple of big shots in the closing periods in the biggest moments for us. One of those guys is typically on um, not only to back up the other one, but to help the Heat get along when they win. Now, they can get them both going at the same time. Oh, baby. You know what I mean? That just takes us to another level. Um, but overall, like I said, you guys mentioned it was a great Heat win. And what I loved the most was the fact that it was a win on the back of the defense. Everything was filled by the defense. The stops is what allowed you to close that big gap. And the stops what a, and a stop or a couple of stops in that last possession on the multiple attempts by Devin Book is what ultimately allowed you to win that game. Right. And, you know, I want to hear from you, Kevin, especially on this, because, you know, one person I really wish could be on this episode was Dean, because, 
you know, Kevin, you mentioned this like before we um started potting. Like this is something that you've been on Dean for. The fact that defense has been something that the Heat just needed to shape up to get more wins on the board. So I wanted to know for you personally, like how does it feel to see the defense tighten up the way how it did and help us get this type of win against a team like the Suns? Bro, it's 2022. Basketball's been around for I don't even know how many years, ever since James Naismith invented it. Defense has always been the key to having success, bro. You look at all four teams that made it to the conference finals last year, the Mavericks, the Warriors, the Heat, and the Celtics. Those are all four of the best defenses in the league. And the reason I say that is because I told y'all before we started recording is that you can control your defense more than knocking down shots on the other end. Yeah, you can get you know good quality looks and different things like that, and you can force up all the threes that you want to but you can control effort, intensity, and communicating. That's all it really is on defense and just hustling because most of NBA defense, I'll be honest, is just a scramble drill where you're just always trying to find out who's the open man and who's, you know, who's going to get the next pass. So to me, it was just like when I was watching them earlier in the season, it just felt lackluster. Like it felt like it was no pride. It was no intensity. It felt like teams were getting to the rim at will. And I was just like, it was, it was pathetic to me. So, um, now that they're starting to shape it up, and Spoh's done a great job of adding different wrinkles. But to me, like, again, man, you can – it really just comes down to you can control your defense, bro. Defense is something that you're always in control of. I think that's why guys like Jimmy and Kyle like playing defense and Bam, of course, too. So when you sharpen up the defense, especially, too, it makes life easier on offense, too, because you can get out in transition. You can get easy opportunities in the fast break. I do think we still can be better in transition because – we just should be because our half-court offense isn't where it needs to be. But, again, man, when you get that defense right, it makes life easier for everybody, period. And to add on to what Kev was saying, man, I mean, I, I totally agree there, too. So I don't want it to be misconstrued or taken in the wrong fashion. I don't know if it was. I'm just clearing that up. With the Miami Heat especially, it's about defense. As you said, and I, and I just want to phrase it a different way from my particular perspective, defense – is always key if you can play it in an elite fashion. And I take it to teams that haven't necessarily hung their hats on defense, but have had a way of going about their defense where they can be elite. You look at a lot of those Warriors teams, their hats were hung on offense and shooting. But when it came down to locking you up for possessions and stretches at a time, they were capable. But for the Miami Heat specifically, I don't care what their philosophy is offensively. And, of course, for the last couple of years, it has been shooting to go along with the ever-lasting ball and man movement offense that they like to run. But it's always built on defense for them. And regardless of whether the offense is clicking or not, if the Miami Heat are playing their brand of defense, which is inevitably going to lead to their brand of basketball on both sides of the court, then they always have a chance. And you hit on the Cav, like the, trend, the, the turnovers and getting baskets and transitions, they're among the best and getting turnovers, you know, as you know, because guys like to get in the passing lanes um, for this team, especially Jimmy Butler. I love it when he get on his Dion Neon, by the way. Um, and they can get out and take those things and turn that into offense, but that's only when they're playing the right way, when they're selling out, when they're connected, when they're cohesive, when they're fluid, and that energy transfers to the offensive side because the ball has energy, each of the players have energy, and they're giving it up for each other. And that's why even if you look at the Suns when they played the right way, I would say when they went down big in that third period going into that fourth period, um, it was a lot of mental lapses. And you look at it, um, they were giving up stuff 
on the defensive end, giving up second chance points to getting big rebounds to Aiden. They were like, Bam was losing the ball. It wasn't that they weren't trying hard through mental errors. So as long as they're giving effort, they always have a chance. And I noted that because they were playing the right way. It just had to be sharper and it played out the right way. But I agree with everything you said. Hey, and Kev, is there anything you want to add on? Nah, man, I think we both hit the nail on the head for real. But so overall, you know, just a great win for Miami and hopefully they can keep this going. I think this is the type of game that you need to build off of. And if you're able to do that, we should see more success. Because one thing that we were talking about in the last episode is can the Heat get a streak going? And honestly, this is the type of game to help motivate you to make that happen because you come out and you probably have one of your best games of the season where you were able to go out and not only do good on offense, but have great defense too. So I don't know why the Heat can't just continue to build off of this, especially when they go against the shorthanded Raptors team very soon, a game that we will go into detail about later on. But until then, you know, like I said before, today's pod is going to be all positives with just maybe a little hint of negatives. And one of those negatives we do have to talk about is the recent news regarding Omer Yurtsevin. So in the last pod, we mentioned the report coming out stating that there is a chance that Omer could be needing surgery. And if he was to get the surgery, he could miss the rest of the season. And unfortunately, the news came out from the Heat themselves that Omer has gotten the surgery. Now, they did not say he is out for the season, so that is good news. But overall, you know, it is very unfortunate to see. And there's a lot of decisions that I think Miami might have to make regarding how do they move from this and, you know, what's going to be the thing that they do to, you know, sort of, have someone replace Omer, you know, because this was a guy that they had a lot of high hopes in. Maybe this could be the guy to serve as the new backup center for the Heat, replacing Dwayne Dedman. Or, you know, and I know there was also the people that was trying to gas him up, saying that he could be the new four for the Heat. Although I think it was better to just stick with Caleb. But overall, there's just a lot of questions that I think Miami is left with now that you have Omer who's going to be out for an even longer time than expected. So, Kevin, like, what's on your mind when you think about the way how this Omer situation has been playing out? For him personally, it's unfortunate. Um, I know a lot of Heat fans were high on him. Like you said, some thought that he could start at the four, which I think is utterly ridiculous. Like, if I'm being honest, like, Omer, the player, is good, but when it comes to his fit on the Miami Heat, it would definitely help because, as we all know, we have a rebounding issue that's as bright as the sun, and that's evident as day. But at the same time, like, I don't think he's really a game changer. Like, I don't think he's helping us win that many more games. Like, he was solid when he was on the court. You could tell he was starting to, you know, get his confidence right, put it all together, and start to really act like an NBA player, and that's all great. Again, don't get it twisted. It's not like I don't want to see him make him like I'm bashing him, but I'm just like, when you look at where the team is currently, I think we need some more athleticism. Um, I think we could use a little bit more playmaking offensively. And anybody, like, I'm not going to say anybody can rebound, but I do like our options. And I'm going to keep pounding on this drum that I think we should just go sign DeMarcus Cousins, man. Like, I don't think it's crazy to say that. Like, a lot of people are against it. You know, Spo might be against it for all I know, to be honest. Like, he does have a quote-unquote reputation around the league, which – I never really got because 
all the places he's been to, for the most part, he's had an impact. Even when he had that brief stint in Denver, same thing with Milwaukee. Like, outside of, like, Houston, I don't even know why he went there, probably just because of John Wall. But to me, I think Boogie just adds a lot to this team, especially because if we're if we're championing Dwayne Dedman for hitting two threes last night, I promise you DeMarcus Cousins can probably average that, if we're being honest. Like, if we really want to keep it a buck. And he rebounds better, and he's a way better passer than Dwayne Dedman could ever even – dream of i'm not gonna sit here and bash mckenna again he had some big time moments last night so um to me it's just like again i'm wishing the best for omer i'm hoping for a speedy recovery i hope this doesn't derail his nba career by any means because he's a young dude still trying to prove and make a name for himself in this league but when i just look at it for this heat roster it's like i don't really know how much he was gonna add as an impact and i know that the the coaching staff was high on him but Go get a vet, bro. Like, I'm, I'm, I, we can't keep trying to just rely on these young dudes to just come in and fill a rotational spot out of nowhere because we've seen with Max, he had a year where it took him to get right. Same thing with Gabe Vincent. Same thing with Caleb Martin last year. Like, it takes time. So, it's like we can't just expect him to come in and just make that immediate impact. So, I'm going to still say, man, go get DeMarcus Cousins, bro. I got to keep saying that. Right. And I just want to, like, quickly come in and say, like, I don't think DeMarcus Cousins deserves as much slander as he gets, you know, regarding this, because in my opinion, and I don't know if this is a hot take, but I feel like if you could get him in this system, I feel like the Heat could kind of turn him into a guy that's basically going to provide you what someone like Kelly Olynyk brought when he was still a member of the Heat. Not saying it's going to be exactly the same, but I could maybe something similar to it, like that type of stretch big you could put next to them and like I don't know you know maybe it's just me being high on DeMarcus but while I'm not saying he's gonna be exactly like Kelly O I mean shoot I mean why not try it like Miami has had this thing where they have been able to turn people's careers around so you know if the Heat can do it for DeMarcus that's the type of role I see him being in as a member of this team so you know, that's for me personally. And, uh, Kay, what's your thoughts on this thing with Omer? Look, man, it's so much that you guys said. Like, I, you know, I, I need to get me a notepad so I can start writing it down. Boom, 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 boom. But that's called show prep, right? Um, no, nah, that's in the moment because if I go back to the very beginning of Kev's take, I'm with him. I think we discussed it pre-show. Um, the Heat, for the most part, have been pretty transparent with us. Um, it's just unfortunate with Omer. Um, if you look at Oladipo's situation, if you look at Omer's situation, even if you look at, you know, what's going on with Tyler, I think they've been pretty transparent with us as far as, you know, this year goes. And I think I mentioned that nobody has sources on the outside, but they tell you all that you need to know. So at least you can't say you were left completely in the dark. Um, unless it's something that's to their detriment and you, they don't want you to know schematically or strategically, which you totally understand because we all want them to win. All right, with that out of the way, as far as Omer's fit with this team, I think it was the same process that you all mentioned. Um, the Heat consistently bring in young guys out of nowhere and turn them into pros, turn them into very good players, gems, diamonds in the rough. So I don't disagree with that approach so much, Kev, to touch on what you said. Um, they always find young guys. As a matter of fact, I think they need to begin to play Jovic and Kane more. That's, the, that's one of the next steps they need to take. Play those dudes more because the more that they play, um, you know, the better they're going to get and the more they're going to be able to help the team because both of them have tools to be able to help the team and you've seen it there. Um, that couldn't help that depth issue that we're talking about. Um, when you look at Kane specifically, something to touch on real quick, don't want to go too far there. I was thinking maybe they were saving his games, but then they played him 
for like the last minute of a Charlotte game. I'm like, if you're saving this game, why waste a game unless you want to get his feet wet? But that's neither here nor there. But that's the first thing. As far as Omer goes, it's not working with him because, yes, he can help with rebounding and, yes, he can score, but it's a moot point because he's so deficient and slow-footed on the defensive end that everything he does for you on the other end is going to be canceled out by what he allows on that end. And they haven't been able to get him up to speed there. And you can't hit on them all, but that's his thing, trying to increase his defensive output via athletically allowing him to become faster with the foot speed or getting him to a point mentally where he can account for that early so that he doesn't have to rely so much on the physical aspect of movement. Now, that also takes me into the DeMarcus Cousins thing of it. I don't disagree with anything that either of you say. I love Boogie. Boogie can help. Boogie can get it done offensively with the three-point shots, with the assists. Boogie isn't a cancer or as much of a cancer as people want to make him out to be. However, relative to the Miami Heat, and definitely with respects to both of the guys that you mentioned, y'all need to put some respect on these two guys' names. What separates Dwayne and Kelly Olynyk specifically for this Miami Heat team from, say, a DeMarcus Cousins? Is though I would say that the way Kelly Olynyk's complete versatility is probably makes him a little equitable to Boogie at this point in his career, while Boogie is still probably a little better than Dwayne offensively. But that defensive stuff and that hustle stuff that Kelly Olynyk and Dwayne Demon give you right now, that energy, that intensity, Boogie doesn't give you that. And especially for this Miami Heat team, that's very important. Um, so that's what I wanted to, you know, mention in that light. Now, lastly, before we move on, because um, I heard you guys mention a lot of stuff. And like I said, I'm long-winded, but I like to touch on it all. I could throw out a plethora of names that the Miami Heat wanted to add a guy. We shouldn't break our back or think about trading Max Struth to get Jay Crowder, first of all, because there are guys out there like Melo. There are guys out there like Boogie Cousins. There's a guy in Sacramento right now riding on the bench named Chemezi Metu. I swear for Lord, if you could find a way to get him to Miami, it would be over. But anyway, I mean, there are guys out there. So, you know. It's not over yet. They can still do some tweaking, but I think that it's a lot of fixing they can still do internally too. It's bad for Omer that he's out, but I don't think he was the answer anyway. Right, and Kevin, is there anything you want to throw in there? Not really. I do like that Chemezi Metu pick, though. Uh, I don't know what Mike Brown really doing with him right now, but you know, my him, lord, nothing. He's, he's nothing. from out here. He's from out here in LA. Went to Lawndale and SC, so. Um, right. He's a player. I just think he's in a, a, a funky situation right now. But I do like that but, name, though. I also like Jared Vanderbilt too. I know there was. I like that. Before. I like that too. I love yeah. that. If but but come on, man. But see, that's the thing I'm thinking with Van with um Metu as well. Not to cut you off, Joel. Not to cut you off, Kev. Sacramento know what they have. They just can't use him. And they, I think they're in a situation where they don't want to give him up for nothing. But they let him sit out there and just waste away. And the, and it's very, very unfortunate. Um, yeah, Vanderbilt, too. I wanted him for like the last two or three years as well. He a fool. I mean, he just got Miami Heat wrote all over him. Size, athleticism. He'll work his butt off. Um, Kentucky. He wants, to, he wants to get better, all that. Um, and he just, and he nasty, too. He he, he looked like he ready to fight. Um, and I, you know what I mean? I don't mean a guy to get dirty, but you want to do with some dog in him. So I like Vanderbilt, too. Hell, bring me KO back. I'll take that. I ain't want to move him in the first place. And everybody wanted to trade KO. And now it's the end in in vogue thing to say Kelly Olynyk doing this. Nah, why y'all want to get rid of him in the first place? You got to see what's going on. 
Right, like because me was, y'all, y'all can see how mad I am. The people out there in the podcast <laughs> can't see how upset I am right now. But everybody <laughs> screamed for a year and a half. Trade Kelly Olynyk, cut Kelly Olynyk. What's Kelly Olynyk doing? And now he's back. <laughs> it's like, come on, bro. I mean, that's been the thing, like, because I know that man was hooping when he first got traded to Houston in the depot trade, and everyone was going crazy about that. Like, you even had Rockets fans saying that it was the Rockets that actually won that trade. And then, you know, he ended up going to, I think it was Detroit after that. And, you know, he had a good stint there. And, like, now he's in Utah, a team that is, for some reason, I guess they just choose not to tank. So, you know, they got a little weird situation going on over there. And, you know, overall, like, that man <laughs> that may have been out here doing his thing. So, I don't know. I know, like, some people will mention that, you know, it's probably one of those things. What's it called? A looter in the riot type situation where the man is trying to take advantage of a bad situation for a team. But I don't even know we can say that for Utah, considering the fact that, they're actually looking like a good team unless we're looking at a scenario where they actually go on like a 15 game losing streak very soon, which might be the case if they choose to blow the team up sometime down the line, because that's still a possibility as the season goes. So, I mean, that's something we'll just have to wait and see. But, you know, overall, you know, I want to get too off topic, but, you know, Omer, you know, if you're listening to this, you know, get better soon, man. You know, hopefully you got more, you know, in store for you. So let, let's see what happens for the Heat. You know, let's see how do they move on from this and what's going to be that move for them to make now that they know for sure that this guy in Omer Yurtsevin is not going to be able to play for, I don't, I don't want to say a very long time, but at least for, you know, a big part of the season. So we'll just leave it at that. But overall, you know, we t- we addressed that. And the next thing that I want to talk about now is this upcoming game for the Heat against the Raptors. But before we do that, I do want to talk about our sponsor. So NBA fans, the action is just getting started, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame money line bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, total points scored, and more. And, you know, this upcoming game for the Heat, you know, if I had to place money on it, I would have the Heat beating Toronto simply because of the fact that the Raptors are shorthanded and Hopefully, after having a great game against Phoenix, Miami will be able to build off of build off of that. But yeah, there's my pick. Hopefully, y'all can take that and make some money with it. But aside from that, with payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And that's basically it. Now, speaking of, we did, um, we were about to get into this game with the Raptors. So 
I want to know from you guys, like, what is going to be y'all's expectations going into this game? And do y'all think the Heat are going to get the W? I personally think so. Obviously, I said that in the um sponsorship just now. But, you know, the thing with the Heat is that you never know what to expect from this team, especially when the squad is shorthanded. Like, I jokingly tweeted on the Heat vs. the World Twitter account earlier today that I think Malachi Flynn is probably going to drop 30 points on us or someone like him. So it's one of those moments where you never know what's going to happen when a team is shorthanded because this is the Miami Heat we're talking about. You know, there's no such thing as an easy win for the squad. So, like, who do y'all think is going to win this game? And who do y'all think is going to be the random scrub heat killer? We'll start off with you, okay? Honestly, I think the Miami Heat going to blow the Raptors out because I think they got their swag back. I really do. I think getting back to 500 was a reset. I think that they're going to go in there. They've had a bunch of – you know what? Let me let me frame it this way. They've had a season's worth of experiences already. Um, the ups, the downs, injuries, um, tricking games off, um, losing games they should have won, going through drama. They've played this Toronto team multiple times already. They saw what can happen with a letdown. Um, and you saw it in the game versus Charlotte. You saw it in two games versus Charlotte. They came out in that first game. Should have put them away like they did in the second game. Allowed that Charlotte team to stick around. And it was a close game in the end. So Jimmy Butler, you know, magic in the end. Jimmy being Jimmy, of course, had to win it for us. But then in the second game, they came back and they handled their business. And they sent Charlotte home with their underwear in their hand. Mad. So the thing about it is you hope that this Heat team has finally taken that next step. And not that they're going to win every game. But they understand that they have to approach every game with the mentality that this is a team that can beat us. And they're going to take every game serious. But then with that, but that by the same time, at the same token, um, you look at what the Raptors have going on as far as their injury situation, and you just hope that that's a situation where, you know, the Miami Heat aren't going in on a letdown. But like I said, I fully believe that they're going to go in there and handle their business and blow them out. I don't think there'll be any random scrubby killers. Um, and if we want to be that frank, I honestly believe that he have a chance to go seven and zero across the next seven. Yeah, I said. It. Yeah, um, I agree with K for the most part. I think realistically and the- theoretically, excuse me, we should blow them out. They're down Pascal and Precious Achua. Those are both big time keys to what you know. Precious hate us. Precious hate us right now. Sorry to cut you off, but he nah. hates us. I'm already knowing, yeah. Precious takes every game personal. That's why I think we play the Timberwolves in like three games. They they take it more personal than anybody because Cat just hates Jimmy Butler. So, um, like I, I agree with you. I think if it is a random scrub heat killer, I don't even think this dude's a scrub. I actually love this dude's game. It's probably Delano Banton. Um, I'm a big fan of his coming out of Nebraska. Um, but like you said, I think we should win this pretty handily um, because just like Precious takes it personally, like theoretically. Kyle Lowry should take it a little personal, not too personal where he's going off for 20 or something, but he should have a, a big assist night, just a big impact on both ends of the floor. And Jimmy should be the best part on the floor. Bam, this is one of those games where I want Bam to be aggressive still because, let's be honest, the biggest issue with the Raptors the past few years is that they haven't had a center. And that that should all that's all Bam needs, you know what I'm saying? Like, take advantage of that. Like, build your confidence up. You got to build your confidence up eventually and somehow, some way. And against these teams like the Hornets that lack a real center, 
no disrespect to Plumlee and Chris Boucher, but you got to eat. You got to, again, build your confidence where it's through the roof and, and nobody can mess with you. I, I wanted to say a curse word, but I'm not going to. But, like, take advantage, bro. Like, that's that's all he needs to do. So, I expect us to win. Keep this winning streak going. Get above 500 for the first time this season and keep it marching. Like you said, Kay, I think we got our, our swag back and our confidence back. And I hope that they keep riding this wave until it crashes. Right. And I mean, and you know, not- oh, sorry to cut you off, Joe. Go ahead. Oh, I just want to say, like, I just like that what you said earlier, Kay, about how you said that this could be a reset button for the Heat. And then you kind of um got into it further, Kevin, mentioning that, you know, this last game against the Suns was able to help us get us our swag bag. And that's what I view it for the Heat. You know, if the Heat could just come in with this new, I don't know how I can say it, like you said, Kev, swag, personality, whatever you want to call it, and just come in and take care of business against this Raptors team, especially when they're shorthanded. Like, like forget winning the game. I want them to stomp them out. Like, if they do not have their guys like Pascal or a guy like Precious that, you know, as you mentioned, um, Kevin, a guy that likes to take it personal every time he plays against the Heat, then you know what? Like, there's no reason why we can't um, win this game. So, overall, like, that's why I got the Heat blowing them out. Like, just take care of business and let's keep this streak going. Like, there's no reason why we got to stop at three games. Like, I want to really see something going. You know, let's get above 500 and let's keep it like that, too. Because like I said in the last pod, I do not want this to be the type of season where we spend a big chunk of the season just trying to stay above 500. Because as a team that's hoping to win a championship, the very last thing you have to worry about is, you know, just trying to have more wins than losses. Because if you're a championship team, that should be the very, what's where I'm looking for? The smallest worries that you ever have to deal with. But, Kay, what's on your mind? Oh, no. I mean, I was just going to lean into everything that had been said there, man. Like you said, if you have to worry about staying at 500 and battling to just stay even. Um, And this is the way I phrase it, because I actually wrote that piece over at All You Can Heat today. Um, well, you can find me for all your written and content needs. Sorry about that. Um, basically, it's a situation where the reset allows you to put yourself in position to go above 500 and consistently get wins throughout the season so that you don't have to bust your butt late in the season to put yourself in a position to be where you want to be heading into the postseason. Basically, everything that you have mentioned. Um, now, go back to the Raptors and that Bam Adebayo situation real quick because that's something we haven't really touched on much this pot, but it was very evident in the Suns game. Um, I mean, we touched on his fourth quarter performances, you know, specifically, but generally his aggression this season is just something that you really love to see, something that you know he can do. Um, and something that we did, well, that I did touch on a little bit when I was mentioning rain over the rock. I don't know if it was the pre-pod discussion or this one or in the actual pod, but against those guys that, you know, that gift and that curse of running out guys that are the same size, you hope that he do take advantage. And I think that's going to be what can fuel us over the course of these next 10 games. I think that if you see a consistently aggressive BAM, um, because what you know what BAM is going to give you on the defensive end, if you see a consistently aggressive BAM on the offensive end, there's no reason why we shouldn't stand a chance to blow every one of the teams out that we play across the next seven games, except the Cavs, because they play such good defense, because they offer size, and you don't know what Donovan Mitchell is going to do and Garland can be explosive. The Timberwolves, because they play us with so much vitriol, and maybe the Hawks because of their style of play. 
but we still should win all of those games. I'm just saying if Bam can show up on both sides as he did in Phoenix, um, then you have a chance to blow them all out, especially Toronto, because I've said this too. A fully aggressive Bam, along with everything you know he's going to be on the defensive side, defensive player, perennial defensive player of the year, candidate, he's a top 15 player in the NBA, hands down. So if he can be where he is in Phoenix, where he was against Phoenix on Monday, along with everything else you know he's going to give you, he may be a top 12 player in NBA. And I'll argue with anybody that wants to argue about it. I completely agree. You know, we always talk about, like, you know, Bam has the potential to be a superstar. And, you know, we're just hoping he can hit that potential real soon. Because there's a reason why you got everybody, including our own organization, calling that man no ceiling. Because he does not have a ceiling. And we know that dude can be whatever he wants to be. So... I'm just, I, I honestly think he's going to be an all-star this year. I feel like it's going to happen. As long as he keeps this going and playing the way how he plays, there's no reason why we should not be seeing him play in Utah this upcoming um, February. So that's my opinion about it. It would be nice to finally have two all-stars again. The last time we did, we made it all the way to the finals. So why the frick not? And, you know, I'm just looking forward to it. And, Kevin, like, what's on your mind? Just keep winning, dog. <laughs> Figure out ways to keep stringing Ws. Like, it's literally that simple. Like, we've done enough losing already early in the year. Like, keep winning, bro. Like, no more big-time losing streaks. Like, if it's more than a two-game losing streak, we're not doing something right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, it, and right. those are going to happen, too. But, like, it's a, it's an 82 game season. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, it's a failure if that happens again. But – Try and avoid those for as long as possible, you know? And that's that's how, all I'm feeling right now. Keep up the defense. Believe in Spo, Trust in Jimmy. Hopefully Tyler gets back. I know we're not touching on that too much, but hopefully he gets back within a, a decent time frame. And just, again, start to just piece away wins any way you can. If it's going to have to be dramatic thrillers like it was last time versus Suns, then so be it. You know, our heart rates might not like it, but, shoot, wins are wins, man. So I'll take them. Like, I'll take them any way we can get them right now, bro. I'm not complaining about winning. Nobody really should because, again, we've been struggling to start the season. So just keep the foot on the gas, bro, and keep playing good defense and let the cars fall where they may, bro. Couldn't agree anymore. And we covered so much on this episode. Before we close it out, is there anything y'all want to add? Yeah, man, I think y'all all said it and Kev just said it. Um, it's not just about you know, of course you want to keep winning and you want to avoid lo losing and losing streets, but it's also about how you lose. So you, you don't want to lose, period. But if you lose, you don't want to lose and you didn't play the right way. You don't want to lose ugly. You don't want to get blown out. You don't want to lose in a demoralizing fashion. You don't want to lose in a manner that leaves that taste in your mouth over the course of multiple games. So it's a certain way to go about it in Miami Heat have that whole thing about them where if they're playing the right way, and I mentioned it versus the Suns, if they're playing the right way, not only do they always have a shot, but you believe that they can always figure it out. And that's what we've seen over the course of these last couple of games that they've managed to climb back to 500. And as long as they continue to play as a cohesive, fluid unit, everything that Spoh preached about when they were going through that early turmoil, I think they'll be okay. That's what you're seeing on the court, even through the struggles, even when Max Stress isn't showing up, even when Kyle Lowry is having a problem hitting shots. Even when Jimmy Butler can't get the middies to go, even though he's been attacking their cup and killing the free throw line the last couple of games, even when other guys are struggling, if they play the right way, they always got a shot. 
So, like like you guys said, just keep winning, keep playing the right way, keep playing defense, and everything will come together. And I'll say, this too, I'll say this too real quickly. I've said this a million times on this podcast now, but please put some goddamn respect on Jimmy Butler's name, bro. He's been one of the best two-way players in the league for a long time. And oh, absolutely. Still not changing, so respect I, Jimmy I, Butler. Man. I stood on this mountain last year, yo, and, and I've actually said this for, I think, you could, and not I've said this, but I think you could say this about the last two or three years. He's definitely been a top 20 player in the league. But if you look at the last year's playoffs, when he, okay, let's look at the bubble playoffs and last year's playoffs. He was a top two player in each of those playoffs. There weren't two other dudes that you can honestly say, I'll take him over what Jimmy Butler's giving me. And he doesn't get the respect he deserves. He just gives the Miami Heat whatever they need on any given night to get them a win. If he have to go get you 35, he'll go do that. If he had to go get you 16, 13 boards, make the biggest defensive plays of the night and get you five steals along the way, he'll do that. If he had to go get you 10, 10, and 10 and get you 17 steals, I'm being facetious. But whatever it takes, he'll do that. And that's what a superstar is. He can do anything, but he'll do whatever the thing is that it takes to get his team to win. For sure, like, and and I don't even want to go into the Jimmy Butler disrespect because you could really do a whole episode on that because, you know, one thing I mentioned in a pod previously, or I think it was a stream, that, you know, ESPN, they had this man ranked, I think, 17th as the 17th best player in the NBA altogether. And, like, we just out here. ESPN don't know ball. (laughs) (laughs) Like... It was so crazy. Like, we was out here fighting for this man, saying that he's a top 10 player. And y'all telling me he's not even top 15. But it is what it is, you know. I'm praying to God we get this man a ring soon just because even if they want to make their judgments and all that, there's one thing they can't take away from him, one thing that they can't do on their sports shows, and that's take away that ring from Jimmy Butler. So hopefully let's get this ring because if there's anyone that deserves it, it is Jimmy, and that's really what it's all about for me because I've seen this team win all three championships in my lifetime, and it's all been great, and I definitely want to see them win more, but I especially want to see them win one real soon because that man, Jimmy, deserves it more than anybody else on that roster with all due respect. So that's basically my closing thoughts about it. Um, Before we wrap up, is there anything else you guys want to mention? Can either you say that Jimmy Butler hasn't become one of your favorite players during his tenure with the Heat? Because I can honestly say he has. I'm just saying if I'm tripping, if I'm waxing poetic, if I'm, like, romanticizing because of my favorite team. But do either you guys feel like that, too? Because he's absolutely become one of my favorite players ever. Do I mean, I liked him, of course, because he plays the right way. He's a two-way guy. He's fiery. But what he's done for the Miami Heat and watching him work personally from a every-game perspective, Jimmy has become one of my favorite players. Am I tripping? And then that's all I got for this. But no, so no, you're you're not you're not tripping out because like for me, I was just simply grateful for the fact that we was able to get another start of Miami when he came back in 2019. So that alone already made him like my favorite player. And then when I saw what he did in 2020 in the bubble, and then see him continue that, you know, this past um postseason run. Like, I just, you know, I just don't know how you can slander Jimmy because, you know, last year you had all that slander at him specifically when we had that five or six game losing streak this past March. And, you know, that was when the whole fight between him and Spo took place and everybody was saying all types of nonsense. 
you know, I wouldn't be listening to spaces and Heat fans. And I'm saying some Heat fans because then there's going to be some Heat fans that's, that are going to listen to this and be like, oh, we ain't never said that. We ain't, we ain't never said that. Like, nah, I'm just saying there have been some Heat fans that was trying to say on these spaces that we need to trade this man Jimmy for friggin' Bradley Bill. And it was probably some of the most sickening things I ever heard in my life. But they know better and they don't. They don't want to show themselves, and they know who they are. And I know, hopefully, they're listening to this pod. I'm the type of person that's going to drag anyone through the mud, but they know who they are. And I know they're feeling mad dumb for even saying that in the first place in front of public people, in, in front of the public for all them people to hear. It's one thing to say it, you know, behind closed doors to yourself in the mirror, but say that in a space where you got all them people listening to you and everything, where people ain't deaf, they got ears that fully function and everything, and you saying all that nonsense. Like, at this point, you know, y'all y'all did it to yourselves. Ain't nothing more to say about it. But like I said, man, I can talk about Jimmy all day. Like, he's definitely my favorite player. Definitely probably my second, my top two favorite Heat players of all time. I don't know if I want – I'm not going to put him over Dwayne Wade yet, but he, he's in the top two for me already. So don't say yet, please. It's not. It's never going to happen. I love you, Joe, but you know it's not ever going to happen. But I want to say this too, and we can get out of here. This is all I'm going to say. I've always been a fan of Jimmy because he went at LeBron back when he was with the Bulls, and a lot of people were scared to go, go at LeBron back then. And on top of that, this is the main thing about him. This man – carried the Minnesota Timberwolves to the playoffs after having a 14-year playoff drought. And on top of that, he got hurt coming out of the All-Star game. They went from the three seed to the eight seed, and then he came mm-hmm. back the last game of the regular season to beat the Nuggets to secure the eight seed spot while he was battling a major knee injury and carried them. I'll tell you right now, it's not many superstars in the league capable of doing what he did with that team. And man, like, and we see how things work now over there now. You know, they got their new locker room leader, Carl Anthony Towns. And even when they traded all them assets, all them picks and everything for that man, Rudy Gobert, they still can't even get over 500. And like, I know we in kind of a similar situation because we, we have 500 right now, but we not the Timberwolves, though. That's the thing. Yeah, I'm going to say, we also ain't like, we also ain't yeah. like breaking treasure brain to like create a mm-hmm. roster. And like, I know we, we going older. And we could do this for another hour, but we're not. But since y'all went there, is anybody having a more up and down, sort of kind of very disappointing season than Anthony Edwards right now? I expected such big things, and he's just not delivering fully on that yet. But we're not going to talk Man, about that. Let's let him, continue. Let him, yeah. Yeah, let him get out of Minnesota continue. Me, that man will take off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I, 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 now, now, we were – okay, I'm sorry. I'm not going to do this. We were talking about Boogie, and I didn't fool Boogie. I just want to let y'all know that there was a difference. When it comes to being able to – get the most out of a player from a discipline, from a hard work, from a whatever he got in him, you're going to take that and get the absolute peak out of it. You let Anthony Edwards somehow find his way to South Florida. Oh, my God. I'm done. Oh, we Lord. Can, we can go. That culture. We can go on. <laughs> man, man, man. Don't even get me started when you put that heat culture to Anthony Edwards, man. That's going to be a movie. But <laughs> let's let's not get too deep into it. But. Overall, I feel like that's basically it. Um, thank you so much, um, Kev and Kay, for hopping in for today's episode. Make sure to follow Kevin at EasyMoneyKev7. And make sure to follow Kay at K, the letter K, underscore said, underscore K, Q-U-E, K, by the way. 
So make sure to follow them both on Twitter. Make sure to follow me at JoelKJacob underscore. And make sure to follow Heat vs. The World on all social media platforms at HVTW Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Heat vs. The World. And make sure to check out the website at HVTWPodcast.wordpress.com. We got all types of content on all them platforms. Trust me, it's going to be a fun season. We working on all types of stuff. You do not want to miss it. And aside from that, that's basically it. Let's go Heat. Let's keep that streak going. Hopefully, we got a new look team and we can keep the hype going come next episode. Aside from that, thank y'all for listening and hit my music because we out. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.